as he clearly said, when you open the window, the flies come in. People often reject to believe what they don't understand or what scares them. With Dragonfolio China, you have the unique chance to truly understand a frequently misconceived country and an inevitable shift in the 21st century. Just lean back and enjoy a fascinating journey through China that will astonish and reward you. Niemalhau guys and welcome to the next episode of Dragonfolio China. My name is Eric and today I will talk about the real reason behind the famous Great Firewall of China. And when I say real, it always suggests that there is some misconception, misunderstanding out there. And that's why I want to clarify today for you what is really behind this setup. Because in the West, the rumor persists that the main reason for the ban, the Chinese firewall, is that Chinese should not come into contact with Western information and ideas. This is partly correct, but partly also wrong. Because the whole picture here is missing and there are two really important aspects that we often are not aware of. I think it's totally worth talking about it. So let me start with some introduction of what this so-called China's Great Firewall is all about. It is probably the world's largest internet blockade line. And why? Well, China has the largest online population with about 800 million people that use the internet basically daily. So what does the firewall do? Well, the firewall blocks content of various websites and it partially is censoring the content of websites and applications as well, of course. In China, actually, most people, they use apps. And besides blocking certain websites and applications in China, the firewall also prevents the use of several Western internet websites and especially services in mainland China. For you and for me, it's even more traumatic if we're in China because some of the websites and applications that we are most used to gonna be blocked. So what names do we have here? What brands? Well, basically all Google and Yahoo applications are banned. The same applies to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, WhatsApp. I mean, Instagram and WhatsApp belong to Facebook anyway, so you can say the entire family is banned. And then also video streaming such as YouTube, Netflix, SoundCloud, Spotify, they're all not available. And even worse, you have some tools which you might rely on like Dropbox, Google Drive, Gmail, and yeah, the Google Play Store especially is really crucial, right? And you cannot access them normally. Most people believe that this happens mainly because China does not want to expose its citizens to foreign media and Western content. But as I said in the beginning, this is not totally true. It's a side effect, yes, and China has a reason to do this as well. But there are two primary reasons why China does this. The first one I would call information control. And when I say information control, that's a very negative term in our eyes. It, uh, we, we associate it with uh, taking away freedom, with brainwashing. While in the West, you can basically do and say everything on the web, except for illegal content. In China, it is not possible. There are some unwritten rules. And frankly speaking, in China, the Internet also gives you a lot of freedom, as long as you stick to a few rules. It's way more free than Westerners think. You can do a lot and you have a lot of opportunities. And actually, if you look on a functional side, 
the internet in China has even more potential. But China's major concern is stability and especially in the current stage where China is growing and where they still have such an enormous gap between poor and rich people. You have a rising and actually rapid rising middle class for sure. But the gap is still huge. And of course, this always has the potential that, let's say, the balance would get out of control or people would complain or demand for a faster adjustment of rich and poor. And what China definitely wants to avoid are mass movements, demonstrations, illegal associations, or, well, in the worst case, it would be political counter movements or It could be not just protests against um, the Communist Party, but also against local governments. And of course, the Internet brings so much advantages. But on the other hand, the Internet can also be abused for a lot of negative things. And one would be that people can easily assemble together and call certain mass movements. And China does well. China, of course, is not keen on this at all. And they just want to prevent their own country from undesired developments. But the second part is that China also definitely wants to avoid that China gets too much influence by Western opinions, especially if they think that they are not correct. And if you look up information about China in Western media, then you will find on one hand a lot of negative content, which I think in a lot of cases is not true or really is even really fake news. And what China wants to avoid here is that a lot of Chinese might get confused once they would face all this media from abroad who are not even clear about China and who are spreading a lot of negative or fake news. And this would again threaten the peace in China. Most of the people I know in China, they know exactly how it is. So if they, they have access to Western media as well, And if they read something which is not true, they just think, okay, that's funny, or they should put it right. But they will not believe it because they know what's really going on in China. But a lot of Chinese, they maybe have never left their home village or city or just don't have this overall view. And of course, one of the major concerns as well is that the government will kind of lose face in public or that the government will be put in a really bad light. And to be honest... Look up media and show me one article where the government in China is presented positively. It's almost impossible to find these things. It's always somehow negative. But the people in China, they perceive their government very positively. And that's not because they're forced to. If you talk to people there, they think their government are doing a great job. And, and even though they don't have a democratic system, but if they would call for an election in China, They would vote for the same government that they have now. There's a lot of confidence in them. So this information control to ensure stability is the first reason. And then the second reason is also very interesting and something that we often are not aware of. And that is China first. What do I mean by China first? Well, China wants to develop its own business environment. And after the opening up in the 80s of the last century, it was clear that a lot of companies from abroad will enter China to manufacture, but also to sell, right? That's okay and that's normal. But as Deng Xiaoping, one of the leaders of this opening up movement, as he clearly said, when you open the window, the flies come in. 
And so from the very beginning, China was also concerned with protecting because they wanted to establish their own major brands. The reason that many foreign companies failed in China is, by the way, not because of the firewall only. There are also a lot of cultural reasons, and I will definitely make a separate episode about this topic. It's super interesting. But let's say in the world of internet and technology, the firewall definitely played a huge role and was crucial to protect Chinese companies and eventually, and eventually the entire economy. I'm certainly not a big fan of protectionism. I think it's really harmful in our globalized world overall. But to be honest, China did a pretty good job here and was really successful with their mission. Let's have a look on the major companies in technology and internet right now. Besides the United States, there's only China left when you talk about large players. If you look up the most valuable brands in 2019, according to the brands list, two out of the top 10 are Chinese, the rest is from the United States. If you go further down the list, you're going to find more and more Chinese companies, but all the European companies are dropping out of the list. You barely find them anymore. And so this shows that China is the only country who really can keep up with the US. Well, some people might say it's better to have US companies only than one Chinese company in this list. I see it differently. I think we need some global competition. That's good for all of us, even for the US companies. Because if you don't have competition, you become lazy and fat. It's important to have this kind of balance somehow on the globe. And without China's great firewall and all related measures, there's no doubt that the US basically would totally control everything in terms of Internet of Things. Don't get me wrong, there are a few other companies every now and then from one country. You maybe have one good Korean, one good Japanese and maybe a few in Europe. But if you talk about big brands, no way. And it's not going to change that soon. So you might wonder, why did China come up with this in the first place? Why do other countries do not have this kind of protectionism? Well, it's basically a historical reason, because the first opening up in China, which happened in the 19th century, ended up in blundering, in a lot of drug addicts, and finally in wars, leaving China much poorer than before. So China this time is way more cautious because they don't want another opium war. Of course, it would take place in a very different way this time. But if China would not have been so cautious, then you definitely would have foreign powers again ruling China and really pulling the strings. So all these people like Deng Xiaoping and all the people afterwards, they're another generation, but they still had in mind what happened to China just a few decades earlier and which caused so much instability afterwards and led to a lot of hardship in China. So this time they say, we have to be more careful. We have to open up. If we don't do this, we cannot develop. We cannot achieve our targets. But let us create our own environment and let us keep power. Of course, this also has to do a lot with pride. Because China is a proud nation in a different way than some countries in the West. But they learn from the past and they want to make things better for their own people. That's the responsibility of today's leaders. 
So I named those two reasons, information control and protecting and developing the own economy. I think there's of course another side effect and that is that China definitely wants to preserve its own culture. For a long time they let Western culture from Europe and America basically flow into the country quite liberally. But lately you see a kind of movement where they really try to preserve more the Chinese culture again. And especially in times of the internet, it's of course very, very dangerous for societies. And if you see how things are often in the West right now, we have a partly really oversexed and violent society who is constantly exposed to unrealistic extremes. I know after all, this is just a small group, but it's more and more dangerous because you can basically access everything on the internet. People know how to do this. And China certainly also wants to avoid that this is getting out of hand in China. In a lot of cases, what China does is to do both, to support the cultural level and to support the economic level. Let's take the movie industry. They want to make their own movie industry big. So by restricting movies from the West, they can support the movie industry in China. At the same time, they would support their own culture and make sure that people are aware of Chinese culture since there is a huge potential to easily lose their own values. And finally, can you climb the Great Firewall? Can you, if you're in China, can you access Western media? Can you access Western applications? Yes, of course you can. And you can make a self-test. How would it be for you if you had to do without all these applications that I named earlier, like WhatsApp, Facebook and all the uh, YouTube and Google applications, how would it be for you to do without them for even one day? That could be quite tough, right? So there is a easy solution with so-called VPN services. You can basically create a tunnel who gives you a non-Chinese VPN and so you can access most media anyways. This is not a secret tip. Every foreigner uses them and even a lot of Chinese nowadays use them. But of course it's, well, it can really be a pain in the ass because it's a bit annoying. You have to turn it on all the time. Normally you have to pay some money because the good services are not for free. But personally for me, it is in my daily life, I'm fine. I don't use them that frequently because if you can use Chinese apps, then there's no need really to have VPN on all the time. But of course, in order to stay in touch with my friends back home, I need to use WhatsApp. And in order to keep my businesses running, I also need to use some tools. So for my cloud services, for my website provider, I need these. And interesting is that, for instance, last year during the Golden Week, the Golden Week is a holiday week in autumn where China wants to, let's say, celebrate undisturbed. So this entire week, they basically shut down all VPN services. So it was really difficult to access any VPN, even the good ones you pay for. And to be honest, one week without all the Western applications was an interesting experience. Well, it was some kind of good data detox. But of course, if you rely on them for your business, well, then it's going to be tough and annoying. And you might wonder now if they can shut down it for a week. Why doesn't China shut it down permanently? Why don't they block the VPNs for good? Well, I think they could do this because China and 
employ some of the best people in the industry. It would be very expensive, it would be time consuming, but if China wants to, I think they could do this. However, you have to see on one hand that a lot of foreign companies are in China who are dependent on the VPN services due to their infrastructure. And China is also kind of dependent on these companies and wants to have foreign companies in China. And if they would say, sorry, we block all VPNs, then of course these companies would have to leave. They cannot just use any Chinese software. It's not possible. And in addition, China, of course, is also interested in having a lot of qualified specialists from abroad. And such people, they are good. They can choose where they want to live. And if they would not have a chance to access some applications or let's say talk to their beloved friends back home they would also say bye bye china and of course china is not interested in a mass migration of qualified labor force so this is why there's a certain gray area but as you can see china always reserves the right to continue to control and My own experience, and that is what other people confirmed as well, is that recently strings are even a bit tighter. A few years ago, I could access more applications or I could do more with these applications. Now some are totally blocked or the functionality is quite limited. So the control overall has increased. And also some statistics show that China now has the least online freedom, I think except for North Korea, but North Korea is even not showing up in most statistics. And that emphasizes that there is still a huge need for stabilizing the society and also a certain fear because recently Western media definitely became more negative than some years ago. That's an observation that I made. And of course, this is further accelerated by certain events like the trade dispute between China and the US, by the protests in Hong Kong, and some other tensions that you have. So as Western media keeps reporting very negatively, China also needs to figure out what they can do. In the future, that's my firm belief, in the future, China is going to loosen this firewall more and more. And I don't think it's still needed at a certain point in time because then China will have achieved such a social equality and stability that is simply not required anymore. And China maybe will never have the same internet environment that we have. But I think at a certain point, the information control and protectionism will more or less disappear automatically. Thanks for listening to the Dragon Folio China podcast. As you've kept listening until now, I assume you enjoyed the show and would appreciate a five-star rating on your podcast app, which allows other folks to learn about this important topic as well. For more fascinating insights into China and for easy ways to benefit, make sure to visit the website at dragonfolio.net and sign up for the free newsletter.